Yuki Mao Mao, but the Yuki Mao Mao, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to our show here. It's uh Talk More Talk Solo Beatles podcast where we talk about the careers of John, Paul, George, and Ringo after they split from the Beatles. Sometimes we also do Beatles shows, depending on what's new, what's in the news, and what we have. So uh, very excited to, to be talking about uh, an album today uh, in our series that we call Another Listen. It's an album that doesn't get uh, much love or attention, so that's why we're doing it in the series. I'm talking about Old Wave, Ringo's formerly very elusive album, which is now <laughs> not really elusive anymore, thanks to Record Store Day, because this came out on Record Store Day, uh, colored vinyl, brown, uh, smoky brown vinyl, uh, and CD, and uh, I know Tom's got it. I'm Giving you the cue there. <laughs> so it doesn't look so brown, but it is. It looks no, <laughs> but it looks <laughs> more smoky than brown. Yeah. Smoky, smoky like yeah. tanny brown. And uh, yeah, very excited to be uh, finally uh, dedicating a show to this album. Another listen is a show that we do. We call it that because there's some, some albums that don't get really good notices, not critical acclaim, or maybe not very loved by fans sometimes or just see... don't get released in the u.s yeah <laughs> this is the first that's the whole thing this is the first time old wave has ever been released on vinyl in in the u.s it was on a cd in 1994 mm -hmm. uh but it's it's very it was very hard to get and we'll talk about that well uh let me uh tell you all about who we are in case those those of you here for the first time if that's possible uh, I'm Joe Mayo. I have a YouTube channel called Mean Mr. Mayo, and uh, I talk about Beatles and uh, solo Beatles and other stuff. And I'm here with my three co-hosts. We always start out with the queen of all media. We like to do ladies first here. Everybody do your <laughs> bowing. Uh, we're talking about the author of, of such books as Michael Jackson, FAQ, all that's left to know about the king of pop. And we're talking about her book, Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles' Lesser-Known Tracks, and also Fandom and the Beatles, the act you've known for all these years, Kit O'Toole. Hey, Kit. Hey, Joe, Tom, Ken, and everybody out there, always glad to be with you on these Monday nights. <laughs> yeah, and it's been a while since we've been here. Yes, we, indeed. We missed, we missed at least one show. We're here every, usually every other Monday night, by the way, at 9 p.m. Eastern. 
if you live if you want to try us out here on uh, YouTube. Next, we have one of the two legs of the two legs podcast straight from Arizona here. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't have to wear long sleeves, it looks like. We're talking about the uh, Paul McCartney podcast, <laughs> Two Legs. It's a Paul McCartney-centric yes. podcast, and it's none other than Tom Hunyadi. What's up, Tom? Hello, Joe, Ken, Kit. It's it's so nice to be able to talk to talk about something than Paul. So I'm really looking forward to <laughs> wow. talking about this this underrated, and I won't say any more than that, but uh, album from uh, from the wonderful Ringo Starr. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll give you my opinions on that as we do the show. Well, I know. I, well, I would hope so. <laughs> and, and although although it's a cliche to say it last, but not least by any means, we have somebody who's been around doing radio for a long time, decades, uh, and he's uh, has a syndicated radio show, Every Little Thing, his Beatles show. I used to call my cassette tapes every little thing when I was I used to do that when I was a kid I would like put all stuff together and call it every little thing I thought I originated it he also uh, has a YouTube show that you got to check out with amazing interviews on there called Ken Michaels radio and he has a podcast I mean this he's busy as hell as everybody here is yeah uh, things we said today is another podcast that he does I'm talking about Ken Michaels hey Ken Hey Joe, we have no life. <laughs> hey, this if this ain't living. I don't know what is. <laughs> this is all we do. Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, we want to talk more about this, of course, which we we will. That's the topic, the old wave topic. Um, but before we do, we're going to talk to Ken because Ken has a lot of news for us. And Ken, lay it on us. Let us know what's going on in Beetle World. Okay, well, first of all, I want to remind everybody that since we're recording this on November 28th, tomorrow will mark the 21st anniversary of George Harrison's passing and the 20th anniversary of the concert for George, uh, which took place at Royal Albert Hall in London. Wonderful concert, one of the greatest concerts ever. Yep. Possibly the greatest tribute concert ever. And... Um, all over the world, not just the United States, but there are select movie theaters that are going to be running the concert for George, but only tomorrow. And if you want to find out, if you want to see it on the big screen, uh, you can just go to the film's website, concertforgeorge.com. Gives you all the locations, the times when they're going to run. And in some cases, you'll have to order the tickets. They're reserved tickets. But I have a feeling if, if it's not selling as well as they hoped, you might just be able to go in there and buy the tickets. Well, I'll tell you, I, I have my tickets all ready to go with my nephew and I are supposed to go tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it. Of mm -hmm. course, I'll let you know how, how it was. Anybody else going here? I'm going. Oh, you're going? Oh, cool. So we'll talk yeah. about that. And um, my, uh, my friend of mine, the reason I mention it is because a friend of mine uh, wanted to go. when he, he only had the first row left. At the, the theater, so that's good, <laughs> you know. So he says he doesn't want to go because he doesn't want to get a headache. So he's in the front row, <laughs> looking like Look at that. Joe must be in the front row. <laughs> no, no, not me. Not me. <laughs> no front row for me. <laughs> I'll be going. It's showing in New Haven, Connecticut. So mm. my wife cool. It's more nice for that. All right, we're going to start off the news with. Um, 
we have to note some passings, major passings uh, in the Beatle world. First, Jeff Wanfor, mm. who directed the Beatles anthology series. In uh, 1997, Jeff won a Grammy Award for Best Music Video for the eight-part series, which chronicled the history of the band. He spent five years working on the project. And wow. he found one of the challenges was to interweave interviews from John Lennon, considering he died in 1980. He's quoted as saying, I hit on the idea of listening to his interviews that were done, getting all the pertinent questions and answers to any year we were doing in the documentary, and then pose the exact same question to the other three Beatles. So it looked like the four of them were answering the same questions, which of course they were. End of quote there. Wanfer also worked with Paul McCartney on a number of his videos, including directing and producing the documentary In the World Tonight on the making of Paul's Flaming mm -hmm. Pie album. He also co-produced the video for Paul's Live at the Cavern Club concert as well. In addition, Wanfer was known for directing the 80s pop show The Tube and a music video for Band-Aid 20 in 2004. Jeff Wanfer was 73. Hmm. Very sad to hear that. And we also mourn the passing of Ken Mansfield. Uh, Ken worked on the in the uh, promotions department at Capitol Records and was in charge of promoting and overseeing the singles and albums. Yep, right there. Last book that Ken put out called The Roof. Um, he oversaw the, the singles and albums on the Beatles Apple label. He was a guest on Things We Said Today. If you want to listen to that interview, it's show number 290. And I also interviewed him prior to that interview two times. He was one of the lucky few that was on the Apple rooftop uh, when the Beatles gave their performance there, also known for wearing a white coat and sitting next to Yoko, Maureen, and Chris O'Dell. After working with the Beatles, Ken worked for Andy Williams' record label, Barnaby Records, and then he worked for MGM Records, also as a record producer, and he worked with various artists who were part of the country outlaw movement. Mansfield wrote several books with Beatles content, including The Beatles, The Bible, and Bodega Bay, A Long and Winding Road. That was in 2000. The White Book, The Beatles, The Bands, The Biz, An Insider's Look at an Era in 2007 and the book that Tom just held up, The Roof, The Beatles' Final Concert, that was in 2018. It was an honor for me to interview him several times, and um, I highly recommend going to the interview on things we said today. There's also one of my two interviews on my website, kenmichaelsradio.com. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it, it was a treat to meet him at the 2018 White Album Symposium. Got to get a little selfie with him in, 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 you know, five seconds of his time and just yeah. the nicest guy. You know, it was a treat to listen to him talk during one of the luncheons. And I, and I think our, our buddy Ken Womack interviewed him for that uh, for that part, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but but great guy and just uh, just was excellent. Very uh, tongue tied right now. But uh, it was just great to hear him speak about his memories uh, of being on the roof and his time working with the Beatles. Yeah, I, and I was at that talk as well. And, and he, uh, yeah, just seemed like such a, a genuinely, you know, nice guy and, and, and showed some really great pictures, as I recall, of, you yeah. know, inside the Apple offices and, and right. uh, you know, and, and just seemed 
you know, even he recognized how lucky he was to, to be part of all of this and to be up on the rooftop. And, and uh, he was a fan, too. Right. Uh, and uh, and really showed that. So, yeah, it was really a, a pleasure to, to see him at that at that conference. Right. Uh, just a few things that always stand out in the interviews that I did with him was that um, he told me that Paul McCartney was very worried that Hey Jude wasn't going to be successful as a mm. single, mainly because of the fact that it was so long a song. Right. And, um, so Ken had to reassure him that it would do well and he contacted a lot of the big program directors in the u.s in major markets and sent them copies of hey jude ahead of time and they all loved it and ken mm. went back to paul about that so um yeah there's also that and uh john and yoko showing ken the front cover of two virgins <laughs> which was a big shock right there <laughs> and um we all know that Ringo loves country music. And when Ken was involved with the whole outlaw movement, Ringo actually called Ken up and asked him to mail him vinyl copies of, you know, artists of, of that time there. Well, they're legends Whale. too. Willie Nelson. Waylon and Willie. Yeah, people like that. So yeah, really nice guy. An honor to get to, to meet him yeah. several times and interview him, definitely. Uh, also, November 25th is a holy day for some of us here on this show. <laughs> it was anyway uh, for Tom and Joe. It was record store day. And in addition to uh, several Ringo Starr releases, he also released the new Live at the Greek Theater 2019 mm. release. This is a full concert, folks. And... Um, makes it very different from most of the live releases that Ringo's put out, which basically are highlights from Ringo's concerts. But um, whether you get the CD or the DVD or the Blu-ray, it's the full show. It's 24 tracks, 12 from Ringo, 12 from the other all-star band members. And um, yeah, I have listened to the CD. It's fantastic. The sound quality, the mix, the balancing is really so good. And, um, and the DVD is as well. It's so expertly done. I interviewed Joe Thomas for my YouTube channel, and he's the producer for the audio and the video. And I was just talking about how there are certain videos, and I think Ringo at the Ryman was like this too. Every single time there's a guitar solo from Steve Lukather, camera's on it. Every time Greg Raleigh is on the keyboards, the Hammond organ, they got the hands right there, the camera's right on it. There's so many great angles and you get to see uh, Ringo many times solo on the drums, sometimes Ringo sharing uh, the camera with Greg Bissonette. It's so wonderfully produced. And um, I think anyone would be thrilled uh, to get a copy of this. I definitely recommend the CD and uh, you can get the DVD, the Blu-ray. There's a two CD Blu-ray combo, which I just gave away on my website in a special contest. And I'm also giving away the two CD version every week as part of my uh beatles trivia excellent so also if you can check out the interview with joe thomas mm -hmm. hmm. also for record store day ringo's old wave <laughs> uh, just, uh, brought up before yeah uh, came out on cd and the brown uh smoky vinyl with the bonus track mm -hmm. as far as we can go it's actually 
was released, as Joe was talking about before, in 1994, the Right Stuff label put out Old yeah. Wave on CD, as well as Stop and Smell the Roses with bonus tracks. The yeah. one lone bonus track on Old Wave was an earlier version of as far yeah. as but you know what? They're labeled differently on each one. On the 94, it's labeled original version. And then on the one we just got for record store day, it's labeled as early version. 78. So interesting. 78 yeah. I can't imagine it being different. Mm. Yeah. And also, didn't you find out that um, uh, it's Friday music? Put well, Friday Room Music did the uh, did the uh, Ring of the Fourth release. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ring so of the Fourth what came out also on orange, an orange vinyl and a blue vinyl. And blue, right? right. Yes. I was gonna say that too, but um, yeah. But is this remastered? Do you know? Yes, it says uh, high uh, definition oh, remastering. Is... Uh, 24 bit 96 uh, khz so i haven't seen any reviews of this yet so i don't know exactly what they did but comparing the two uh over the weekend mm -hmm. i mean this one sounds a little flat this one i can hear certain things a little bit better mm -hmm. uh, certain songs i hear joe's guitar a little bit better you know ringo's voice i mean i can hear you know the drumming the bass you know mm. the things that we've been usually getting in these remasters you know the bass and drums brought up a little bit right. but uh, but that's to my ears it could be different for somebody else i'll have to pick up a copy <sighs> just because it's remastered right all right more for the collector and in this case a very good cause ringo star is now releasing original limited edition peace and love statues um, statuettes, uh, which will be sold exclusively at Julian's auctions with proceeds going to benefit his charity, the Lotus Foundation. Described as life-size hand artworks of Ringo's iconic peace sign, you'll recall that there was an eight-foot-tall, 800-pound stainless mm. steel statue dedicated to him in Beverly Hills. The new Peace and Love collection consists of 500 original numbered limited edition hand artworks, there's 250 that are stainless steel, 250 that are bronze. They are designed and signed by Ringo. They're all housed in a Ringo Peace and Love box, and it's accompanied by a certificate of authenticity. So, Which, um, yeah. So then he is still doing autographs. <laughs> Only this way, though. Yeah. Before a prize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the price is right. Yeah. So uh, it says each life-sized hand artwork features Ringo's iconic peace symbol and his signature greeting and message to the world for the last five decades. The stainless steel statue goes for five thousand dollars. Yeah, Give me your bag of shells. <laughs> there we go, Mister Uber box set for all things must pass. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> The I tell you, I would like, I'd like that to get that. Really, I would like, I'd like to have that Ringo hand on my shelf. I think that'd be cool. But yeah, it's about yeah. like forty, forty eight hundred dollars over what I'm willing to spend. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know it's going to charity, for a great cause. Yeah. The bronze ones actually sell for two thousand. Oh well, mm. <laughs> that's a bargain. But if you strap for cash, you can go. You can go with the bronze ones. <laughs> if you're interested in purchasing this, uh, you can go to juliansauctions.com. Hmm. Ringo has made a new video for the song Everyone and Everything, and Ringo's yeah. latest EP, EP3, was just made available on special 10-inch vinyl. 
and limited edition translucent royal blue cassette. Mm. None of you are holding those up. I didn't get it yet. <laughs> I didn't get the cassette. It's coming. Oh, I got it on my Amazon wish list right now. <laughs> but the video's charming. Uh, mm. It, it yeah. really is. It's, it's a lot video. of fun. It was actually directed by Kill Aarons. He's a pop artist, graphic designer, and director who's also known, who's also the owner of La La Land Gallery in Los Angeles. Aarons made a very poignant video for Glenn Campbell's Ghost on the Canvas in 2011. He also oversaw Elton John's video for his new song at the time from the biopic Rocket Man called I'm Gonna Love Me Again with the film star Taryn Egerton. The new video for Ringo has him playing drums on the beach, mixed with colorful footage of Ringo from his younger years. And the song, as we know, was written by Linda Perry. Yep, and look for a little cameo by her. You can you can see it at one point. And a mm -hmm. giant cat. <laughs> <laughs> Did one of Ken Womack's cats make it in the video? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. Wouldn't surprise me. Yep. No, no. Wouldn't surprise me either. They get around. Okay. <laughs> this will be news to many of you. And I can't say thank you enough to John Bazzini and to Jeff Smillian to learn about a new song from the band Exploring Bird Song. Mm -hmm. The song is called Ever the Optimist, and it was co-written by Paul McCartney. The band explains, this song certainly has the most interesting backstory to any of the tracks we've written. When in university back in 2018, Linz and Matt from the band were given the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one songwriting session with Sir Paul McCartney. This is the song they took into the session and worked on with Sir Paul himself. It's by far the poppiest song on the record and was the catalyst for um, centering our songs around synths as well as uh, soul piano parts. I've listened to it doesn't sound like anything that you would ever think Paul has written. This is a pretty much a progressive rock band, but you can mm. find it on YouTube. And if you do go to it, it doesn't have Paul's name listed as a songwriter. So it mm. could have been one of those examples, like Chris Engelhart talked about when we interviewed him, where a Beatle makes a contribution, right. doesn't take any credit for it. Well, we all know how much he loves birds and, uh, you know, you can just tell by all the, <laughs> the different birds that are in his song titles. Yep. That's what sold him on working with this band. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so, again, the band is called Exploring Bird Song and the song is Ever the Optimist. Also, we get a lot of news here from our listeners. Aren't they the best? Yes, they and, are. And yeah. John Dazzini, too. Uh, special thanks to our listener, Tim Ottaway. We learned that a documentary has been made on the Toronto Rock and Roll Revival Show, better mm. known to many fans as Live Peace in Toronto. Now to be called Revival 69, the concert that rocked the world. This documentary has been six years in the making. It tells the story how concert promoter John Brower put his life on the line to turn his failing Toronto Rock and Roll Revival into a one-day event. With dismal ticket sales, the concert was nearly canceled, but Brower took a one in a million chance and invited John Lennon, who said yes, which propelled the concert into a massively successful event. The concert was performed at the University of Toronto's Varsity Stadium in front of 20,000 fans. Other acts on the bill included Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bo Diddley, Gene Vincent, The Doors, 
and Alice Cooper. Viewers of the documentary will see unreleased concert and backstage footage shot by D.A. Pennebaker. And shortly after performing there, John announced to the other Beatles that he was leaving the group. This new documentary will open in theaters in select cities in Canada. Yeah. Not mm. about the United States, but in Canada. And that will be on December the 16th. The film will be released on video on demand in Canada on January 3rd next year. Mm. All right. We're almost done, folks. I promise. Right. Uh, a very big Beatles landmark has been destroyed. And that being the Deauville Hotel in Miami Beach. The Beatles performed there for the Ed Sullivan Show, drawing an estimated audience of 70 million people. And President Kennedy gave a speech there for the Young Democrats Convention in 1961. Other celebrities that performed there include Frank Sinatra, Tom Jones, and Sammy Davis Jr. The hotel fell into disrepair and abandonment in recent years. It was closed in 2017 after an electrical fire. Miami Beach officials and the family that owned the hotel sparred over millions of dollars in fines for various code violations. And uh, you could actually see there were explosions done to the hotel that was captured on video for that. But a major landmark right there, the yeah. Dover Hotel mm. is gone. Again, I want to remind everybody the Concert for George showing in movie theaters tomorrow. Go to concertforgeorge.com for that. And I also want to let you know, don't know if I mentioned this on this show. I know we brought it up on things we said today. Michael Lindsay Hogg, Jonathan Clyde, and Rob Sheffield will be uh, taking, uh, taking part in a conversation with Joe Scarborough from MSNBC. He is the co-host of Morning Joe with Mika Brzezinski, his wife. And they'll be doing a show at the Paley Center for the Arts in New York City on December the 7th at 6.30 p.m. I'm sure talking a lot about the Let It Be film and anything Michael Lindsay writer video, Rainbow, all that. And I know Joe Scarborough from watching him mornings with my wife. It's a huge Beatle fan. So I'm, I'm sure this is going to be a big thrill for him. And a reminder that uh, the Grammy Museum in Newark, in uh, New Jersey, has a Beatles exhibit called Ladies and Gentlemen, the Beatles running now through June the 25th. And Ken Wilmot has been the curator for this. They interviewed May Pang earlier, a few weeks ago. He will be interviewing my colleague on things we said today, Alan Cozen and Adrian Sinclair for the new McCartney book, The McCartney Legacy. And that will be on December 14th, which is the day after the book comes out. All right. And also we should say, and we've heard this from reliable sources, but this is unofficial, okay? <laughs> um, there's a very good chance that the Ringo album from 1973 will be coming out in an archival box set sometime next year. It will be the 50th anniversary for that album. And I'd like to see archival box sets for you know, all of Ringo's albums from his solo career. But if anyone's gonna be done first, probably that would be the one. Right. So let's cross our fingers and hope that oh, that yeah. happens. Very Animal crossed. Here. Yep. And if you would want any more of them, you'd have to buy this one. So if it's not successful, <laughs> we wouldn't yeah. get any more. 
good Which point. Is a shame. It's like Tom and Joe and get 10 versions of it, you know, and that would really. <laughs> Thank right you, now, you have more, more versions than I do. I don't even have the Ring Home 2019 Greek Theater. I want to. I couldn't find it. The, well, the album I have, but I don't have the CD or the DVD or the Blu-ray. I don't find that. Well, mm. it's out there, and you can always order it on Amazon. So yeah. And before we start talking about Old Wave, everybody reminded me before the show, we never talked about the McCartney singles box set. Sometimes I get confused between <laughs> both podcasts what I've covered. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you guys want to talk about it? This is a major release. Well, yes. I, mean, I still say it's for the collector. Well, I, mean, I think it is too. Copies were made. And what was the cost? It's over $600. Yeah. $699, I believe it was, or $599, $699, one of the two. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I was very excited. Ken, if you remember, we did that uh, crossover. Uh, series with uh, with uh, you and Darren during when we did your show and then you guys came over and did our show and uh -huh. we talked about things we wanted from each camp and one of the things that I picked was a singles collection from McCartney so I can't tell you how excited I was when I finally heard that but however then going into the camp where we're never satisfied Paul obviously has more than 80 singles okay so there's some singles that were left out um you know, but that, what are you, what are you going to do? Um, it's still the 80 of the, uh, his best singles. Yeah. Eat at home, uh, was, was left out, you know, uh, you know, freedom was left out off the ground was left out. Uh, they did something pretty clever. Um, they took the two singles from, uh, Liverpool oratorio and they made an EP out of it. Um, both songs from each are short enough to where you could do that. Uh, so I that, thought that, that was kind of cool. put in that they put yeah. in. <laughs> and, and they didn't include something that I really enjoy that not a lot of people know about. And that's a song called The Honorary Council uh, that Paul McCartney wrote for a film. And John Williams, not that John Williams, but the guitarist John Williams yes. uh, played it. Um, so a few things missing. That's OK. Meet Free Monday. Huh? Remember that one? That's not in there either. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> well, you know, um, we talked about this on things we said today. How do you know what singles to pick when he released different singles in different countries? Right. right. You know, um, something like Band on the Run had a different B-side. In the UK, it had Zoo Gang. Right. And that's not. Yeah, on but, uh, you know, things like that. What is the B-side? What is the B-side that should go with the A-side? You know? Right. Um, and there are some key songs like, you know, and I realized probably why he didn't put it on there is because it wasn't a a single or a single from Paul McCartney's catalog, but something like the girl is mine mm -hmm. on number two hit major. Right. Hit. Um, none of the, um, the songs with Kanye West are right. on, there, you know, and Paul's yeah. name is on there on the single. True. True. I think I'd rather have a big free Monday. Song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he wants to distance himself from, from Kanye right now. I'm, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Good point. But I, I also happy that they're including the love is strange. Uh, I am your singer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, 45, which was, as we all know, or hopefully all we all know was a proposed single for, for right. wildlife. And that's really cool that they're adding that as well. That's nice. Yeah. It's a great yeah. idea. But I, yeah. You know, again, it's when you're putting out something like this, limited edition it's really geared towards the collector yes yeah. I, I agree with you ken i think it's for it's it's geared towards the collector too you know and uh i pre-ordered mine but uh I, I gotta say i get a kick and i've heard it a lot in comments and things people saying 
Well, I'm going to download, I'll download the songs. And I'm like, that's not the point of this. Mm. This particular thing is to have a physical box with the singles in there and the picture sleeves and all the different seven mm-hmm. records. Yeah, the music, sure, by all means, listen to it and download it. But you could have done that years ago. I mean, that you know, I mean, it's not you could download that anytime. It has nothing to do with this uh-huh. release. You know, not only that, nobody's saying this, but when information leaked out about this and we saw all the contents, it said remastered mm-hmm. all these songs that haven't come out in the archival box sets yet. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there's, there's remastered songs from Press to Play from off the right. ground. So that means work has been done. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's just a question of when is it going to come when, out? Right. I know we yeah. all wanted back to the egg in London town. I know that. But we'll get and it. then we'll in get this, them. yeah, we'll get them, you yeah. know. Um, but but it's good to see, it's encouraging to see that you know, during on the London town and back to the egg songs that are in here that they are 2022 remasters you know what right. you know hopefully that means you know from the original analog tapes and all that stuff and not just digital but it's it's, it's encouraging to see that work has been done ken like you said to your point and then hopefully it that goes on with the other stuff that's uh, missing in the archives as well into the 80s and 90s hopefully mm. i mean yeah and i mean and for for collectors this is fantastic you know and, and great if you're getting it fantastic um you know it's just you know it's a little pricey for me and uh i mean i would care more about having the b-sides and and that kind of thing i mean the sleeve the the reproductions of the sleeves look great i look beautiful Mm -hmm. uh and i like that they're from different countries and that kind of thing so i i definitely see the appeal you know i definitely do but um you know but i i think i'm i'm saving my my dollars for the next archive sets and i'm really excited to hear i think paul said in yeah. in the introduction you know more to come more right. to come so, yep. so that yeah. is very very encouraging yes but it's been several years now since uh yeah, yeah. well he he did I, I remember seeing somewhere where he was talking to danny harrison about you know box sets coming out and whatever in in his he he had told Danny or gave him some advice in this regards to make him wait. <laughs> so he's obviously making us wait, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he is. There are plenty of times when he put out archival box sets one year after another. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there wasn't that much What's of a wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand what the slowdown is now, but obviously there's other things that are important to him. So get out. I think this is a great release. This is a great career spanning. I mean, come on. You know, How really stuff that we had. I mean, this you know, I mean between not everybody has too. these 45s though. I mean, I mean, there's some younger fans that do have some money that they can, you know, dish out. And I'm hopefully they're getting this instead of you know, also going on eBay and picking out, you know, you know, all these singles from, from all over the world, you know, like I'm doing <laughs> anyways, mm-hmm. you know. The ones you know, you're so, getting are the real ones. Yes, that's the thing. Yes. They're real, right? Yeah, <laughs> the real McCoy. They're not the fake yeah. ones. That's no. right. All right, oh, wow. so that's it for the news. All right, thank you, Ken. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're ready to start our Ringo show. Uh, once again, uh, to reiterate, <laughs> if you didn't see the top of the show, didn't hear the top of the show, um, yeah, the old Wave album is an album that was elusive for a long time. 
because it came out in 1983, but it didn't come mm -hmm. out in the UK and it didn't come out in the United States. It came out in Germany on the Belafon label, came out on RCA in Canada, also released in Australia, Brazil, Japan, a few places, other places, but the UK and the US never got Old Wave until 1994 on CD. You know, um, was it the right stuff? The, the right, 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 the right yeah. stuff you know, CD came out for old wave. So this has always been, been a, a collectible in a way. And that's one thing on the other side of the coin. It's fantastic that everybody can get this now. Hey, you, you know, if you couldn't get old wave, you have it now on vinyl, CD, whatever you want. But in a way, I kind of feel just a small part of me like, ah, it's, it was always cool saying, hey, I snagged a copy of old wave from Germany. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a copy of it, you know. Uh, now it's a little more common, but at least a lot of fans can hear it and uh, will make their decision as to what they think of it. Because when we do this, this series here, uh, another listen, as I say, it's, it's a series where these are albums that sometimes get forgotten, maligned, not as much love, uh, you know, outright disliked, well, different things. And that is as commonly hailed as a lot of other things. So that's why we're going to, uh, visit this tonight and also we thought we would do it because of the Black Friday release that just came out what better time to do this all right a little more history about old wave um it's produced by Joe Walsh and I think Russ Ballard also yes. produced some mm -hmm. uh recorded at Tittenhurst in 19 in 1982 Tittenhurst John Lennon's uh home uh and he had a recording studio there, I should say, where he which he sold to Ringo. Ringo purchased it from John, that place in 1973, and I think he he added to the studio or redid this this recording studio, Ringo, to do this, and and we have a Ringo on drums, Joe Walsh on guitar, uh, Mo Foster on bass, Gary Brooker, a Procol Harum, and uh, Chris Stanton on uh, keyboards, and uh, you know. Ringo was in trouble at this time because he needed to find a new label. And the problem was that, you know, no major UK or US record label was interested in signing him on. So, uh, but he was determined to do this. And I think the album almost was going to appear on Boardwalk, uh, Neil Bogart, because uh, Neil Bogart mm -hmm. had had like Joan Jett on there and mm -hmm. Ringo's previous album, Stop and Smell the Roses was on, Bo on Bogart's boardwalk records but unfortunately neil bogart passed away and uh ringo uh had a final label and, and so this is why for so many years we never got really a, a common release of it and then we didn't hear ringo anymore after 1983 the next studio album that he had was nine years later with the excellent time takes time mm -hmm. and uh all right so Let's talk a little about this album. Um, but the first thing that I want to say is uh, when I always collected these things as they were new, I always have like a story I like to share about like, well, what I remember or any of us remembers if we got something when it was first released. Mm -hmm. uh, this one, I don't remember a thing. I mean, it was, I, I, I didn't get it in 1983. I don't remember the first time I got a copy of it. So I can't tell you when I first heard it. I don't even remember. And there's good reason for me why, too. I don't remember it, which uh, I'll talk about later. As, uh, but Ken, I thought I would ask you 
because we're in the same uh, ballpark as far as uh, ages. And I thought, do you have any memory when this actually came, came out first? Did you hear it right away? Or what, what yes. was the story? I'm, I feel very uh, lucky that I mentioned this a few times. For three years, I worked at a record store on Long Island from 1980 through 83. It's the same record store I worked at the night that John was killed. Um, and something like Old Wave, I would have found out about either through Beatles Fan Magazine or Beatles Monthly, just to know that it was coming out. There's no other way you can find out about these things. It wouldn't even be in the local papers, something like this, unfortunately. But um, I do remember we got a copy. The, the, the store I worked at was Record World. And it was a, a you know a great music chain which went which was in business for quite a while, and I worked in Roosevelt Field on Long Island. I lived on Long Island most of my life. Roosevelt Field was the biggest mall on Long Island, and that store did tremendous business. And I was told it was the biggest, you know, most successful in terms of money generating money and sales on Long Island. And we got it. We got copies of Old Wave, and we put it up on the wall when it first came out. So <laughs> I had no trouble finding it, <laughs> you know. And I grabbed it as soon as, as soon as it came out. And I went to that store, by the way. Uh -huh. I don't. I don't know what happened then. I didn't remember getting it. We Ken got all. The, Ken got all the copies before yeah. you. Yeah, bought them all. <laughs> <laughs> I said yeah. Ken got all the copies before you got there, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I had no trouble getting it. And so I knew it instantly when it first came out. Hmm. All right. Um, now I know, uh, Tom, we'll go to you next because I know uh, some stuff you didn't hear till later and then Kid also. Right. Uh, what's right. your first uh, exposure to Old well, Wave? First, yeah, first exposure wasn't from Old Wave, but it was from this guy, uh, ah, Starstruck, yeah. uh, Volume 2, which had you know a few tracks from there uh mm -hmm. in my car and she's about a mover to and hopeless uh for some of them i think there's four tracks total uh from that album on here um so um yeah and, and those were you know three of the, those three tracks that i just named were some of my favorites from this so i was like really you know looking forward to eventually trying to to get the album um, fast forward to, you know, 2001, 2002, um, that's when I finally found, uh, this, this, this version, the right stuff, uh, version, uh, out of print. So I did pay, uh, a little bit more, uh, for it. Um, I think I paid probably like $20, $30 for it because, you know, it was not, it was out of print. So, um, then I got it and I just remember still liking those three songs, but then, you know, unfortunately not caring much for, for the rest of it. And, um, until, until here and again, <laughs> fast forward into 2022, yeah. but we'll get more into that later. But, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, first a few tracks from the starstruck, uh, CD. And then, you know, eventually, uh, in the early two thousands, I found that. So that was my story. Can okay. Kit, how about you? Oh, go ahead. Something I forgot to mention before. So I was talking about the record store I worked at, Record World. And one of the great things about that store is that they carried imports. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And so that's that's a big reason why they got old wave. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had my copy was on RCA. So that was from Canada. So we got it yeah. that way. So yeah. very lucky to work there. Yeah, I'm trying, you know, I don't, re man, I wish I could remember. I don't think I ha I don't think I had it. I, I went to stores like that that sold imports and TSS sometimes. I don't know if they were still around then. 
TSS then, but they had imports. I mean, I, yeah, I used to get imports. I don't remember getting that till a long time later. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, kid, how about you? What's your history? Yeah. Or, or so, is this it now? New. <laughs> yeah. New <laughs> yeah, definitely. I did not get it in 83. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I got it. Um, so you guys said the right stuff when it came out in 94? Yeah, yeah but, probably yeah. probably that's when I got it. I was uh, uh, I used to uh, get a catalog. I think it was called Collector's Choice. Um, and yeah. uh, I, I think that's what it was called. And it was a uh, you know, mail order catalog. Um, and, uh, you know, they had all these, you know, rare editions of different uh, uh, CDs. And I don't remember. I, I assume they had vinyl. I don't remember. But I know they had CDs and all. And. Uh, and they had a special deal on Stop and Smell the Roses and Old Wave. Oh. And, and the right stuff it was on the right stuff label. And they said, you know, these had just been reissued. And but made it out that these were two extremely rare albums. And that these were, you know, limited edition, probably, you know, would go out of print momentarily. Mm. And so you better pick these up. And so, of course, by that time, you know, I was pretty hardcore Beatles and, and uh, my Ringo collection, though, was, was pretty lacking. So when I saw that, I thought, well, hell, I guess I have to get these. <laughs> and so I, I didn't know a thing about the albums. I mean, I'd heard of them. I, I mean, I wasn't completely clueless about them, but, um, but I thought, well, gosh, if they're that rare, you know, I better get them. And so mm -hmm. I did. Uh, and they were, and it was like a special deal they were having. I mean, it wasn't like buy one, get one free, but if you got both of them together, there was like a little discount or something. And so, uh, so I did. So I got those right stuff um, uh, editions and, um, you know, we'll, we'll go in depth in a minute, but I will say, yeah, I mean, both of them, you know, when I heard them were, you know, not really what I was expecting and I was kind of. Nah, you know, on them at the time, but I was glad to get them because at the time I thought they were extremely rare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and and now I'm feeling a little better because Tom, you you said you ended up paying a little more for mm -hmm. you know for the right stuff. So maybe they were right. <laughs> you got the right stuff. Yeah, you got the right stuff. I yeah. I, I like I like stop and smell the roses right from. When it was released, I liked that album. It's still one of my favorite mm -hmm. Ringo albums. Uh, Old Wave, I never liked it. I never liked it. And in recent years on my channel, when I talk about it, I have to say I call it, I'm trying to decide which is the worst or least, but I, but I, I call Ringo very near the bottom for me, Old Wave, Ringo's Old Wave, this album. Uh, so I was really interested in listening to it again because I haven't heard it. It's got to be at least 10 years. And I know that because I remember where I was listening to it and I was like bored out of my wits. And, you know, I didn't like it at all I, again. And that was before I moved here. So I kind of, that's why I figure it's about 10 years or so. But, you know, I, I, I have some things I like to share when, it, when it's my turn. Um, but Ken, even though you said you heard it, did you recall? I don't remember you telling us either what you, your first impressions were in general of it. Um, it's kind of similar to what I've said before about a lot of Ringo albums. Ringo got into a mindset where all of his albums had 10 tracks five songs on side one, five songs on side two, and usually the first side is really good. 
and the <laughs> second one has a couple of good songs and you get the feeling of let's wrap it up and <laughs> seriously i mean no yeah i get you no every, no every solo beatles album has worthwhile material on it and um in a way you know we when we did our show rack our brains <laughs> Ringo title there um just recently and one of our listeners asked what do you think is the worst solo Beatle album it's really hard for me to even think about that because every single one of them has got some really strong material on it there isn't one that I've ever regretted buying at all and it's it's hard for me to say what what the worst is I never really thought in those terms but I actually said old way probably because you said it Joe and mainly because <laughs> of the fact that I was a little bit disappointed that it ended with two instrumentals Mm. you know yes. and, um sometimes we don't show enough respect for instrumentals we feel you know not enough effort was put behind it we think less of it because you know it doesn't have lyrics some people do feel that way maybe it was a little bit of a letdown there because the the album ended that way and i always kind of felt that side two was weaker than than side one but there's still a lot of good stuff on here and uh the first side i think is dynamite there's no doubt. Mm. And I, well, I can agree with you on this uh, uh, revisitation. I, I definitely like side one overall better mm -hmm. than side two. Although to me, there's not much dynamite stuff on here, but we'll go, we'll go through it and, and see. Let's start. I want to start with the single, the first single in my car, right? Which was, uh, geez, where was it? Did that come out? Germany. 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 Yeah. I had it written down. It's on the other side, and the B side was—I don't have it in front of me now. Uh, in my, as far as we can go, was the, was the B side of Germany, and then in Mexico, there was a single I keep forgetting, and she's about a mover was the B side. All right, but but since since the first single was in my car, I thought the way I would start this off was let's just talk about that because a lot of people tell me they they really like that song. Uh, and it is the first single, so let's just go for that. And I'll go around. Kit, what do you what do you have to say about uh, in my car? Well, you're you're gonna hear me say this a lot tonight about many of the songs on this album, which is sort of like it's fine, you know. I mean, it's it's just to me kind of like what you were previewing there, Joe. It's they're fine. They're just like nothing memorable. Yeah. I, I I mean I just felt show's like, over. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Queen has spoken. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with a couple of exceptions, I, you know, I mean, I didn't hate it. Um, I I just don't. You know, there really weren't any songs, and this is this is a prime example that just really stick with me. Um, you know, I I I think the opening synth kind of put me off uh, at the beginning. I mean, it kind of reminded me of the beginning of, I think it was- um, Wake uh, up my Drug love. Tri Thank you, wake up my oh, love. That's yeah, exactly yeah, what that's I was right. thinking. You're still in my thunder, Kit. <laughs> 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 but it is, doesn't it make you think of that? And, yes, and normally, sure, yeah. and, and you know, and, and not to, not to tick you off, Ken, but you know, because I love '80s music. I I uh -huh. love it. I I grew up with it. That's my heart. Too. Yeah, but too. but the, that synth really dates it, you know. And uh, and it. Really, <laughs> it's not me, word, Ken. Let's go. I'm you sorry. I'm sorry. I. That's why I was apologizing in advance. Um, you know, it just 
really, you know, as opposed to one or two others on here, you know, it just dates it very much for me. I mean, you listen to it and you're like, yeah, that's, you know, that's an 80s track and, and not in a good way in, in this case. Um, you know, and, and I'll say, be saying this again on other songs, the band is great. Mm. I mean, love this band on, on the, I mean, Mo Foster, hell of a bassist. Uh, Ringo's voice is in mm. great shape on, on this yes. record. I mean, despite Agreed. what he was going through at the time, I mean, considering, you know, I mean, he was still in pretty bad place in his life and yet his voice sounds great. But it's it's just, you know, to me, it's just not a memorable song. Yeah, well, so. I'm good. I'll jump in there at this point with that, because I, I mean, I, I, I just think a lot of people do say they like it when I, I talk to a lot of fans. To me, it's just like you kind of said, it's unremarkable. It's there. It's OK. Yeah, I don't dislike it. I don't listen to this. Oh, well, it's a terrible song. It's OK. You know, but I always love to tell the joke. So let me get my fingers ready. You know, you get the your finger ready and you're like, all right, come on. No, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. I, I, I'll bounce off you giving some compliments where they do. I, I think Ringo's voice is pretty good here in this yes. album. Uh, I prefer the albums before. A lot of people, you know, they knock Bad Boy, and he, of course, and they knock Ringo the Fourth. A lot of people think Ringo for, the Fourth is the the worst. I, I see lists sometimes of all the solo Beatle albums, and they have Ringo the Fourth on the bottom. I like those, and Roto Gravure also, I like I like those three of the 70s better than I do Old Wave. But I think Ringo's voice is more up to it on this one. Um, I agree 100%. You know, but, but the song, the song's just okay for me. So, um, as far as the dated thing goes, you know, uh, you know, no offense, I, I I rarely find myself saying that. Occasionally, I'll catch myself and I say, "Stop that!" Because, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I'm not even sure what we mean when we say that because it was made in the '80s, therefore it sounds '80s, you know. Right. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't listen to it in the still of the night and say, "Oh, it's so '50s." Yeah, know? true. I don't do that, but uh, I don't know. It's just something about it, though, when it's. A, a sound it just bothers you yeah from that time but 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 you know hey it's okay i don't dislike it uh the song so that's in my car now uh tom how about you within my car well you know kids said a lot of what i was going to say but i'll I'll tell you what i do like this song a lot more than than you joe and, and kit um i will you know however i you know the i wish it just opened with the guitar riff I'm not the biggest fan of the open, opening synth. Whatever. I don't yeah. think it makes it any less you know, better. I still enjoy this song quite a bit. I think it's a good opener. But yeah, this, the opening synth uh, was a little bit of a letdown. However, there is a nice little bit from Joe Walsh where he does his, you know, in my car towards the end of the end, you know, a little backing vocals from him, uh, which, which I like. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I really dig uh, Joe playing on this, and I, you know, and um the band, like you said, Kit, you know, the band is top notch on this song, I think. So I, I definitely think it's a good opening track. Okay. Well, it's good as an opener, I think. Mm-hmm. It's funny, we just talked, Kit and I are talking about the in- that intro. But yeah, it's, it, it works as an opener to me anyway. You know, uh, where are you going to put that at? In the middle yeah. <laughs> or at the end? <laughs> True. Uh, okay, Ken, what do you think? In my car. I think it's a killer opener. And, um, 
it's certainly a very memorable song because after a couple of listens, I know exactly how it goes. And uh, I do agree with all of you that this is a killer band. I love the way everything is mixed on here. I don't care at all about whether a song sounds dated or not. I love the sound of the 80s. I love synthesizers. I love heavy drums. You know, I love sounds of all the different decades. It doesn't matter one bit to me. I don't just automatically think, oh, it screams 80s. You know, there's so much great music that I listen to that people would say is dated. There are some people who think some stuff from the Beatles sounds dated. And it has no bearing as to what, whether or not I like it or not. Um, so I don't really care <laughs> when you when you say that the synthesizer sounds dated to you because I, I like that sound. Not everything has to be all guitar oriented. Yeah. So um, no, no, I agree with that. I like variety there. And um, it should also be noted that Joe Walsh himself recorded his own version of In My Car. Yeah. Yes. It was on his album called Got Any Gun. And I kind of yeah. wished that when Ringo toured with Joe, since they both recorded the same song and they're both in the band, <laughs> right? Both co-wrote it together. Yeah. It would have Makes sounded sense. Great if they had done yeah. that. Um, yeah, and and Joe's version did get some airplay on rock radio at the time, but I think it's a great song. It's got a great hook there. I love that, even though you made fun of the notes there, yeah. Joe. <laughs> right? it's well, it's just it's simple. It's simple brain. sometimes. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I love a lot of simple songs. Beatles early songs, so many of them are simple. Yeah. But just, I don't know, just something about it. Yeah. I expect a little more, I guess, out of, out of Joe Walsh, maybe. For that. But I, I, I don't, I think I heard his version at some point. Um, mm -hmm. I remember liking it better, I think, when I, mm -hmm. when I heard it. But it's been, I can't, I haven't heard it that much that I really recall it, you know, in, in and of itself. But I remember hearing it once, thinking, oh, I like that one better. But, um, I want to talk about all kinds of tracks here. You know, let's leave it open in general. But I, but I thought again before I do that, there's another song I thought we'd do separately. Uh, it's the ballad, as far as we can go. Um, and this is a song that there are two versions of. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you get the new CD and uh, is it on the vinyl? The, the two? Yes, yes, yeah, it's it on the vinyl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on the vinyl. Yeah. Uh, he he did the vocals in '78. It's the same vocal as I understand yeah. it. Right. It's it's the backing that Joe Walsh changed on Old Wave, made it different on Old Wave. Then they give you the the, the so-called original or early version or 1978 version, mm. which you know I never gave that much of a listen. The the the, the original, the earlier one. And I listened to it closely this time because I wanted to compare the two, and that's what I wanted to discuss a little bit. If you've heard both of them. Let's put it this way. Um, as far as we can go, I never liked that at all. It's by uh, uh, Russ Ballard. Mm -hmm. Never really, I never liked it. I thought it was real a weak tea as far as a ballad goes. Uh, and it took a long time. It's one of those songs, I guess, if you're going to put in the time to some songs and listen enough, don't anybody say anything out there to me about pet sounds because I gave it to that <laughs> enough to listen. Uh, <laughs> I'm notorious for that. But because it's Ringo and I'm interested in the Beatles, I go back to things more than I would ordinarily. Now, what I'm trying to say is I appreciated it this time when I was listening to it. For the first, I'm starting to appreciate as far as we can go hmm. as, a, as, 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 a, as a decent ballad on there. And the one that was on Old Wave, or the main version we'll call that's from Old Wave, 
it has a lot of kind of, dare I say, over the top background uh, instrumentation. I guess Joe, what Joe Walsh, yeah, contributed mm-hmm. to it. I, th- I think it's it's more like that, you know. It's a, uh, it's nice though. It's over the top, but it's nice. But when I play the '78 version, the early version, I like. I think I like that better. A, a little simple, a little simpler. And uh, Ringo's voice is the same, you know. I uh, so I, you know, I I got to like it now after listening to it again, especially the early '78 version. And I no longer do that little bit that I used to do. People talk. Yes, I think they know. <laughs> I'm sure it must show. And I used to be like, you know, you know, write me a song. You know, the like that's what I. That's how yeah. I used to feel about it. I used to feel like, you know, it's like some kid writing a song. Yeah. But I like it now. Is the main thing. I have, it took a while. It can be done, folks. It can happen. So now I'm going to leave it to all of you. I'm going to start this time with, let's go with Tom first this time. Tom, what, 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 do, you, what do you have to say about as far as we can go? Well, you know, our inside joke about over the top, right? So this must be the Al Pacino song of the, uh, of the album, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's just between Joe and I. But um, listen, I, yeah, I, you know, you guys can get the Rotten Tomatoes out and throw them at me if you want, but I am not the biggest fan of Ringo singing ballads. And even some of his best songs that people love, I am not even King of Broken Hearts, When I Walk With You, I am not the biggest fan of his vocals on those songs, to be honest with you. Um, however, this is a charming little song, I think. But I also think it would have been better if someone who is a better ballad singer sing the song, you know, sang the song. But not saying that it's a terrible song, because it, it is a decent song. And Ringo, Ringo does fine. And I, I think uh, what Kit and Joe made the points about him in fine voice, you know, in this time when he is, you know, battling substances, uh, right? I mean, yeah. we, we've heard him sing not so well on other songs in the past while he's also mm-hmm. had these, these substance issues as well. But this is an okay song. I, um, it's, you know, I don't think I like it any more or any less than when I first heard it uh, years ago. Um, but I'm glad it's here. You know, I'm glad we have this bonus track uh, on here. So, um, you know, I, I, I would I hope there's people out there that do like it. Like, you know, Joe, it, it's 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 a gain stature for you. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. That's why we do. Oh, these yeah. Shows, never, you know, going to be. I'm sure that yeah. it must. Right. Go. But <laughs> right. I don't I don't think that uh, I'm no singer. Look, Ringo, Ringo is right. You know, Pavarotti compared to me. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, and I like, I like Ringo singing, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, Ken. Um, I happen to really love this song, and contrary to what Tom just said, I love when Ringo does ballads, hmm. you know, especially going back to something like "Good Night" with the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Or easier for me from "Good Night Vienna," "Gave It All yeah. Up," or those songs. I really, you know, I love the sound of his voice. I love melancholy, and I think Ringo's voice fits that very well. He doesn't have a great range, and we all know that, but if it's written in, in the right range for him, it can work for him. And that's what I feel about this song. I do disagree about, you know, what you said, Joe. Uh, I like the the more modern version, the old way version of this, no. much more so than the earlier version, because the earlier version to me goes on way too long. It really had to be trimmed. And um, one thing you you didn't point out was that in the earlier version, there's another verse in there, 
which wasn't oh, used well. in the version version that was in Old Wave. Um, you know, I really like all the different um, synthesizers and whatnot that was used in it. I think it really works in this particular song. You know, I I, I enjoy when Ringo does all these sad songs. I think <laughs> very suitable so you, for it, you know, yeah, about so a relationship like that, that mm -hmm. didn't work, you know. Yeah, and you, you know, the backing, you like the backing really accommodates the song, you know, it suits the song yeah. well for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Also, yeah. um, you mentioned Joe Walsh a lot, but probably Russ Ballard had a lot to do with the production of this. And mm. uh, you notice that, you know, he, he's like a co-producer with Joe Walsh on this album. True. And right. Russ Ballard, we, we should mention that he's he's got quite a resume. You know, um, he was an Argent the band Argent, and he's the one that sang Hold Your Head Up. and Hold your head up. Yeah. He, I like that song. Rock, <laughs> yeah, great song. God gave rock and roll to you. And uh, Should have put it on here. I'm trying to think. Winning from Santana, he helped write. Uh, oh, good song too. For, for yeah. America, You Can Do Magic. You know, he's got oh. a lot of songs on his resume that were hits. So, um, yeah, he's in good company there with Russ Ballard. Kind of wish he did more with him. Somebody, mm. Farrell McNulty points out, I was curious what Tom said, Six O'Clock was one of Ringo's best ballads. Yeah, Do you, yeah. Does that work for you, Tom, that one? Uh, when he sings the chorus, when, when yeah. he sings the chorus, I think it's it's great, you know? Just the chorus? Again, just, <laughs> I, I, he does a great job with that. Again, it's just, to my ears, he's... Just not the best balladeer. That's I'm just going to say. Paul and Linda being in there singing with the chorus. <laughs> Listen, anybody <laughs> could have wrote this for Ringo. <laughs> it's a great song. I, I got you. I, it's a it's, no. a it's a terrific song, and I think it's the best thing Paul wrote for him. Yeah, I I got you. I, I respect that. I can understand you. Okay, uh, Kit, you're up. Yep. What do you think? Um, well, first of all, I like Ringo's sad country songs. I think he does mm. a good job with that. I like mm -hmm. those sad country songs. Um, and secondly, I'll add another song to the Russ Ballard uh, uh, list that I really like. If uh, those of you were fellow Miami Vice fans back in the day, had a great song called Voices that was mm. used in one of the, I think it was an early episode of it, it, uh, this great rock song. And remember it was when uh, Crockett and Tubbs were going across, like they were riding in this like, you know, speedboat across the water and and for a long time they played the song voices it's an awesome song if, if uh, you want to look it up that's russ ballard and that's him singing too i mean that's right. that's he didn't just write it so anyway awesome song as well um anyway so back to this um you know again it's it's okay um i think i'm i'm with you ken i like the newer the the, the newer version better um you know i i like the just the sense i mean the the earlier version is okay but i don't know i found the drums and all were kind of not necessary i i thought the just having the the, the keys uh but it was was complimentary uh to the lyrics however um you know i i kind of agree with you joe that at times they were a little over the top i mean like when it went into this sort of pseudo classical 
kind of yeah. moment and almost this baroque kind of sound i just kind of thought okay now you're just showing off <laughs> you know <it's> a, <laughs> i mean you know this is this is getting a little over the top and you know is this really necessary but yeah i mean as as far as the song goes i mean it's a, i mean again you're going to hear me say this a lot it's fine um yeah, you know yeah. it, <laughs> it's it's just not it's to me it's just not a, that memorable a ballad and and maybe tom part of it is that you know he ringo just doesn't have except for country uh you know a great ballad voice in in a way and and you know maybe if somebody else was singing this maybe we'd feel differently i don't know but um but for me yeah it, it just wasn't you know it just again it just doesn't really stay in the memory very much you know i was just thinking uh happened to a bit of my notes that i'd forgotten about from a source i i looked up said that the working title and the, rich, the original title plan for this was it beats sleep <laughs> <laughs> and i tell you you know the good thing the good thing it wasn't called i like the title old wave by the way but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know about it beating sleep in some. Cases. Did you read? Did you did you know? Do you know why where the title "Old Wave" came from? New Wave, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Barbara's uh, uh, daughters, you know, made the comment that uh, is this old wave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't know that she that she came up with it, yeah. but I, I heard that you know the play on new, yeah. new wave. The play yeah. on, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, being that there's only. T- 10 tracks i mean usually we don't go track by track but i mean what other way is there to do this uh, let's uh, let's talk about the, the song uh going back to side one the second song hopeless that's one of the the songs i enjoy off this and and because it's it's completely zany and off the wall and ridiculous fun i i think and it, it's totally tongue-in-cheek and Ringo's having a blast and I like that's one of the songs that I do like on the album Hopeless so I'm done with that with this okay Ken what are you how about you with Hopeless well yeah I love that one to me it's it's kind of like son of oh my my Mm. it's very um you know bouncy and up-tempo and humorous and both songs deal with doctors you Mm -hmm. know it's got one of my favorite lines in a Ringo song um I said, I think I'm seeing double, oh. and how are both? How are both? Yeah. How are both of you? <laughs> it's very yeah. catchy, and I love all the guitar work in there from Joe Walsh. It's you know, yeah, yeah, good, good. Thank it, you for that. Yeah, good guitar work. Could have yeah. worked as a single in the first half of the seventies for Ringo. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I maybe. come across here with this entire album is that I think Ringo and Joe Walsh, Walsh work really well together. Yes. Mm. Something about their styles and maybe at times because Joe Walsh does a lot of slide guitar work and at times some of what he does, not all of it, kind of reminds me of George Harrison. But um, I just feel like <sighs> them when they write together, it just sounds very natural. You know, and I'm talking about not only this album, but whenever Joe appears on Ringo's albums later on and writes something with him, like Gotta Get Up to Get Down, you know, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. In the blanks i really like the two of them working together i wish they did more and um production wise like i said it's it really sounds very well mixed and uh i just think they're a really good team you know and as you said you know they they wrote together a hopeless 
Starkey mm-hmm. and, and Joe Walsh. Uh, and they, they wrote together a, a, a lot on this album. Uh, okay, uh, now Hopeless. Kit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you think of Hopeless, you think of me. I didn't um, mean it that way. Oh, my God. I'm kidding you. Ugh. I'm kidding you. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just too perfect. You, you, I have to do it. <laughs> I'm kidding, Joe. I'm only a little hopeless because he didn't <laughs> pick even. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm kidding. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> it. No. it was just funny. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I this is a, a, an example of the band is great. Mm-hmm. Love the band, and the band really cooks on this. Uh, keyboards fantastic uh joe walsh's guitar i mean you can pick that out a mile away i mean it's mm-hmm. just that classic searing uh joe walsh uh guitar um you know the the lyrics you know i mean i i guess i'll rethink my position on the lyrics because at first when i heard it, i'm like these are really stupid lyrics <laughs> but you know i guess you're right you know that they're supposed to be and not that i expect ringo to sing deadly serious lyrics that's not his personality you know so i wasn't expecting that but um you know now that you guys are talking about it you know maybe i shouldn't be so harsh on on the lyrics because i mean at first i just thought these lyrics are pretty pretty ridiculous you know and, i don't and mind they, it when it's supposed to be the whole thing's supposed to be a complete farce you know yeah like, that's you know. fine fine with me so uh, but look how serious it is when he's singing uh as far as we could go i mean right pretty serious. <laughs> oh sure and he's capable of being serious i don't mean yeah. that he never is but um but you know for me i guess the lyrics kind of got in the way but as i said the band is i mean this band is is just top notch and mm-hmm. and on here to to me they really show how how good they are i mean just some you know some good rock um but uh, but again, I mean, just not one of my favorite Ringo tracks. But but as you said, uh, you know, it sounds like he's having fun on this track, and certainly with those silly lyrics, you can have some fun. He can have some fun with it. But you, um, you're going. But you're going. But I said at the beginning. But you're going. Mouth mouth. But you're going. Mouth mouth. It's over. Yeah, I mean, you know, I Everybody mean, everybody dance. <laughs> and I like know, that too. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, again, yeah, when I first heard it, I kind of, I mean, my immediate reaction was, are you serious? <laughs> I pictured but... Ringo getting up and going, everybody dance. At one point, everybody would go in a circle. Oh, man. It's yeah, 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 yeah. novelty-esque. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's true. It works for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, now for somebody else, Hopeless. Yes, Tom. thank you, Joe. Joe, this should be your uh, your rant video uh, theme. Hope it's hopeless because you know everything is hopeless in your rants. You know, so this uh, this, is, this would be a good. Yeah. But anyways, more, this this, world, this is yeah. yeah this is my favorite track on the album. I love when he does does mm. these kind of songs. It reminds me of like Rack My Brain. It reminds me of the No No song. Oh my my, you know stuff like that. It's you know comical, um, and Ringo does that better than anyone in my opinion i just think he's brilliant on this on this track he sings it great the band is perfect and uh yeah i loved it the minute i heard it on the starstruck uh cd and uh or i should say vinyl because that's how i had it first was on vinyl but um in my opinion this is a perfect ringo song yeah and the story too i like it too all right thank you now we move on to us the next song 
which I'm going to, I'll be done with my view on it pretty quick. Uh, it's the very dull, very weird, uh, pointless alibi, but no melody. Mm. Uh, Starkey and Walsh. What do you think, uh, guys? Let's start with uh, Tom. Is this the one that uh, Joel uses the, the tube uh, in his mouth? Kind of like the same effect that... Uh, talk no, I think that's Be My yeah, Baby, I think you're thinking of. Yeah, it's Be My Baby. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't mind this either. I think, again, like Ken said at the beginning, at the top of the show, uh, this side is, I think, is really strong. Uh, and it continues alibi. I like the lyrics to this one as well. And uh, I think he's on a roll with this one. I mean, I'll, I'll, the first side again, I, I you know, yeah. it's going to keep repeating myself with this, but uh, so I don't want to take up too much time. I enjoy this one just as much as the first two songs. It's funny because I said earlier that I liked side one, but two, which I guess isn't saying much. No, I mean, yeah. I have star, I have a star next in my car, you know, I have a star yeah. next to Hopeless and Alibi even have a star, even though I said it's kind of hard and dull. I don't know. I'll make it hard. Feel all right. Okay, whatever. All right, so uh, let's go to uh, Ken. Let's go to Ken for uh, looking for an alibi for this one. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, I think it's it's kind of funny. It's certainly not the greatest melody in the world. A lot of Ringo songs may may not have a great melody, but they still work for him in some way. And right. this song still sticks in my mind anyway. And just like I was saying, uh, Hopeless reminds me of Oh My My. Alibi reminds me of Blind Man. Damn it, you mm. said it. As you were oh, talking, okay. I'm thinking Blind Man. You know, melodically, it kind of goes in the same direction. It, yes. it's, it doesn't move around a lot, note-wise. Um, but still, it's something that works for Ringo. And mm. uh, again, love the band love the whole production behind it it's a simple song and it works well you know ken sometimes that happens when somebody's talking like you just did and as you're talking i'm saying hey that sounds like blind man to me and i was when you were done i, I was going to interject and say well i, I like blind man I, yeah. I like blind man better than alibi i think it's the middle part come on blue or whatever what you're going to do now that part i like that part uh in it but yeah, that's interesting take on that. Yeah, I mean, see that? You learn all kinds of stuff and think things differently when you listen to the show, folks. Mm. All right, Kit. And Farrell McNulty agreed with both of you. He, yeah, he wrote, but as you were saying, is this the one with the slow guitar intro that kind of sounds like Blind Man? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. Like I didn't even pick that up all the times I listened to it until wow. I said it. I was yep. talking too funny um yeah i i agree that the yeah the melody isn't particularly there uh but again you know this this band you know once again really cooks i uh, gotta really shout out uh mo foster here the bass line on this mm. is, is really you know gives it's a little little funky which uh, I uh, I appreciate, and, it, and this is just a little sampling. I mean, he does some great bass work throughout this song. Uh, I'm definitely you know looking up more of, of his stuff because I really uh, you know hadn't appreciated you know his playing before. Um, and uh, again, classic guitar work from Joe Walsh. Um, and I I actually did note here, Tom. I I said there was I I said a wah wah pedal. I'm not sure. Mm. If it was that or if there was a subtle bit of talk box right. uh, you know which uh 
was, uh, you know, the thing uh, back mm -hmm. then. Uh, and uh, thanks to Peter Frampton. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just another kind of like it's a decent rocker. You know, it's OK. Uh, but, um, you know, there's a song coming up that I like much, much better. Hmm. Yeah. So let's get into that. Be My Baby. Is that the one? That's not the one. <laughs> oh, so, so, um, so it's not. It's not coming off uh, later right away. Let's let's, let's yep. get that one and go to the last track on the first side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, you bet I will, because that's the best, one of the best things he's ever done. Yes. But anyway, uh, be be my baby. Joe Joe Walsh wrote it. That's the one, Tommy. You're saying about the. I don't yeah. know what it's called. Yeah, the, the voice mouth. box. It sounds like Rocky Mountain Way. It's all, sound. Help or or the or the Peter Frampton sound. Yeah, yeah. Peter wow, Frampton wow. sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow 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 wow. That 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 help that helps the song, but again, it's another song to me. Just okay. Yeah. That's it. But, I, but it, I, you know, it's a little corny. Yeah. It sounds anybody. corny now. No, yeah. it's it's a good track too, and I I I like that uh, approach to the song, and uh, you know, it's it's again, it's not the best, but I think it helps move the the first side along. It's 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 good. And, uh, you know, it, it fits nicely on the album. I'm fine with it. I like the keyboard riff uh, that has kind of a funky little keyboard riff. Um, I don't know if it's me, but did Ringo's vocals seem mixed way down on, a little bit. on this track? Yeah. Um, but that was for the, I noticed that on the, the 94 version. Uh, this mm -hmm. one, I, I hear it a little bit, a little bit better on this version. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just was curious if, you guys notice that so he seems to be having you know fun on, mm -hmm. on this track i mean it seems you know you can kind of hear it in his voice that he seems to be getting a kick out of the lyrics and maybe the maybe he thinks the talk box is funny i don't know but um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah okay all right so okay anything to weigh in on that one or just i i think it's this is another killer song i mean it's it's so damn catchy and it does sound like there are moments on all of Ringo's albums where it sounds like he's having a good time. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, that carries in this particular song. And I love the guitar work and the, the keyboard stuff, like you were saying, the riff in there and the rock solid drumming from Ringo on the song. It really works here. Um, you know, I think one or two listens and you should be hooked. Oh, I know man. I am. <laughs> right. yeah, you're, you're another example of why i wish ringo and, and and joe would do more work together um I, i'm dying to get to this the last track on side one as tom was hinting at she's about a mover to me this is the best track for many years it's all i would listen to i pull if i listen to the album i pull it out i put on she's about a mover and put it away i mean i i love this it's it's uh cover version of the Sir, Doug, uh, Sir Douglas Quintet song from 1965 and Ringo again having a great time whooping it up singing his heart out uh, I think it's for me it's the best track on the album and hmm. uh, I don't know what else I can say about it I think out of, out of all the songs I've ever heard Ringo record this is one of my favorites I would easily if I was making like a best of Ringo and I had to narrow it down to 20 20 songs or something 15 20 songs i would put this on there best re recordings that he's done and that's what i've got to say about it kid what do you think hmm. 
Joe, if we were in person, I'd be doing a fist bump with you right now because that's a, <laughs> guess that's exactly how I feel. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, from the first time, I, I remember the first time I heard this album, this was the one song that jumped out at me that I, I thought, this is fantastic. Definitely, yeah, hands down for me. Even with that Dixieland middle, I love the I love the Dixieland middle. That's the that's one of the great things about it. I love that. I just thought that what a great touch. I mean, I I just thought. I mean, it's such a great you know if you haven't heard it before, it's such a great surprise going into it. It works, you know. Love yeah. love the horns, you know me and horns, and uh, you know. But I love that touch. Ringo sounds like he's as you said just having a ball. Uh, you know, his voice sounds fantastic on here. The arrangement, I mean, it, it's just perfection. I love it. I yeah. love it. Sounds like a party, even at, at yeah. the end. It's like a kind of like wild party feel to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like a honking, honking of a horn or something. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's great. I agree and with I, you. Should be I on the best the li- compilation. I love it, the was. it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. On that one. <laughs> when it says uh, she, she, she Whatever the exact words were, she strolled on up to me and said, "Hey, big boy, what's your name?" And I, I tongue in cheek, and I laugh. Like Ringo's not very tall. I know that doesn't mean anything. We call him Ringo, hey, big boy. Ringo's small, you know. <laughs> That's funny too. Gives me a little laugh when I hear that. Oh, mm-hmm. right. So, uh, uh, well, uh, Tom, you were really uh, gung ho for this. Yeah. Again, another. Uh, this is probably my second favorite track on the album. I, I think it would have made a great album closer. Uh, myself, yeah. not just the uh, the yeah. side one closer. Good point. Give it, you know, give it, give it a good strong finish. Um, you can make it that the album. <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> for you maybe, but yeah, for uh, me. I speak always for me. But I, you know, I love that opening organ uh, playing by Bruce McPherson uh, here. Uh, you know, I love the brass uh, on this song. I mean, uh, Ringo's vocals are excellent. This is just the highlight for the album. And uh, yeah, I mean, when I heard it close out the, the Starstruck album, I thought this is a great album closer. And, um, you know, and it's a good side A closer too. But, uh, you know, like I said, close the album with this with this really good track. And yeah, it, I see this, you know, I see a couple possibilities of singles. I see this as, as maybe a possible single. And, oh, and like, yeah. Ken, I think you said <laughs> Hopeless would have been a probably could have been a good single in the 70s uh for Ringo you know so so yeah in my car hopeless and she's about a mover will probably uh could have been you know three highlights if you know if the time was right you know for for this album and which unfortunately the time wasn't right probably for this album because nobody wanted it except for two countries <laughs> but even yeah. still Ringo wasn't getting airplay on AM radio with his career right. since the no-no song yeah. earlier even maybe a dose of rock and rack rock. my brain maybe that's true at least I went to 38 yeah. Yeah, but uh, and you got to rack my brain. You got to see the video here and there. Mm-hmm. Oh, they played the video. So Ken, let's hear it. I don't, I don't know. This is the only one you don't like, probably the one we liked. <laughs> so, I immediately jumped on this on this cover when it first came out, and I played it to death on the radio when I was doing my show ah. in New Jersey. And uh, I always liked it, and I'm kind of I actually I'm surprised that you guys like it as much as you do because I thought you might have thought that that whole New Orleans Dixieland was like would be over the top for this. I love it. I like love it. it. Works. Oh, I think so. Well, it's it's a cover. Ringo does a lot of great covers, and it depends upon which songs work for him. She's about a mover is one of those songs. 
that you can just hear him do, even if you never heard this version. Mm -hmm. um, and his voice sounds great. And just like what I said about some of the other songs here, he sounds like he's having fun. The band's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, how difficult would it be for him to, to whip this out? <laughs> you yeah. Know, in the All-Star Band, you know? Oh. A fairly okay. simple song. The band would be into it. It's a classic, you know, mm -hmm. song from the 60s. Classic hit, you know? Well, I'd go nuts myself well, if he did that. Uh, you know, I, I, you could do it in place of Act Naturally, if for all I care. But at this point, <laughs> I've heard act, act Naturally so many times. You know, I'd rather hear, I'd rather hear this. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, folks, I, I keep forgetting about the song I keep forgetting. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Uh, Lieber and Stoller, uh, another cover. Uh, just, again, not remarkable to me, although playing it this time, I, I like the guitar work in there. I thought the, there was some good guitar yeah. uh in this version but other than that i it, it's kind of just a eh, for me i keep forgetting anybody have any feelings on that song yeah i oh, go ahead no no i was just gonna say yeah i mean this is you know this is an r&b uh song it was uh chuck jackson for singing it in 1962 uh labor stoller as you mentioned uh composition yeah i just don't think this is a good fit uh for ringo um i just thought his voice i mean i i appreciate that they were having him go into his lower register which was interesting but i i just and also i just didn't think the arrangement was great um you know it's it just didn't really work for me like joe walsh's guitar i agree on that mm -hmm. i mean you know joe walsh's guitar will improve any song uh but uh, but yeah it just was kind of flat for for me go listen to the original it's, mm -hmm. uh, chuck jackson was an incredible singer okay guys what do you think um, go ahead ken um this is one that has grown on me it was one that i wasn't really crazy about when it first came out um what i love a lot about it actually has nothing to do with ringo because the drums on there actually come from russ kunkel and the drumming mm -hmm. is phenomenal on this song oh, a yeah. lot of interesting mm -hmm. stuff being done the different fills and percussive stuff on there and actually sure, if, sure. You, if you listen to the chuck jackson original that's part of what made that song unique was the percussion on that song. Yes. So mm -hmm. and I always true. remember, you know, back in the 60s when the Beatles were giving a lot of press conferences, conferences and asking, what music do you listen to? There's one time when Ringo mentioned Chuck Jackson, and I don't remember any of the other Beatles mentioning him at all. Now, maybe this is a song that stuck out for him. Yeah. But, and I do find it interesting that he's singing in, a, in that lower range a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and the band again <laughs> i hate to sound repetitive but the band sounds phenomenal here yeah i do like the song a lot more now mm. than i did before definitely yeah. Oh. okay yeah i'm still a little bit yeah. on the fence on this one I, I don't know if it's the strongest side two opener of the choices maybe this this the the uh the, the track listing could have been done a little bit differently to put us maybe some of the stronger songs on on the first side maybe onto the second side mm -hmm. uh just to you know mix it up a little bit but again you know kit uh you know guitar playing from joe is good and drumming is good from russell and uh but yeah it's just i'm still on the fence with it i mean i'm still in a good mood after she's about a mover i'll i'll get into this one you know but <laughs> if, it's, if if this song just comes up on my ipod <laughs> out of the blue you know i might i might I might skip it. <laughs> you know. Um, then we have a song called Picture Show Life by John Reed and, and John Slate. Yeah. 
And Ken, well, give us your take on Picture Show Life. Oh. Good mid-tempo song, great hooks in it. It's just very enjoyable all the way throughout. Mm -hmm. I love the guitar playing towards the end, the lead guitar parts there. I always kind of wonder, because I'm not totally sure about this, the John Reed, that's the, the co-writer, is that the John Reed that managed Elton John and Queen? Mm. <laughs> I think it is. I, I think when I was doing some research behind all this stuff, I think it is. Like it's yeah. the same guy. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very enjoyable song all the way throughout. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's it's bad or it's great. It's kind of, it's in the middle. It's better than very. It's very good. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. Give it that status. Um, yeah, I enjoy it a lot. I'm glad that it's on there. And actually, mm -hmm. that was supposed to be that was another working title for the album. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, picture show life. Well, that's that's better than uh, the other one, whatever it was. It beat sleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Tom. Uh, picture show life. Um, this is one of my favorites on the album. Uh, I really like 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 Ken said. I mean, everything about the song I think is is really strong. I like this. I like how he's singing about L.A. Uh, in this. I mean, obviously he's he's been in L.A. for a while now. Or he's, he's experienced L.A. for a while at this point. I don't know if he's living there yet. He's still in Tittenhurst, right? Um, at this right. point, or, yeah, you know. Yeah, and he yeah. recorded the album there. Uh, yeah, the but uh, I like his vocals on this one, even though it's not, you know, you know, up temp up that up-tempo, but it's still got a nice little tempo to it. And uh, I think this is a good one. I really enjoy this track a lot. Mm. Wow. And I'll this might be the ahead. last good, to me, this is probably the last <laughs> really good track on the album. The last good track to me was She's About a Mover. So, well, not everybody uh, can be right, Joe. Can, <laughs> not everybody can, can agree. You have every right to be wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll just do my part. I, I, I wonder if Kit's going to save me, but I just think it's a, it's a, it's a forgettable track for me. Uh, okay. I'll, Kit, I'll, save you, you. I'll save you, Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, this, this didn't really do it. It doesn't really do it for me. I think part of it, I again, the band great you know the band sounds fantastic good guitar bass uh it's it's just to me the lyrics are just a little trite i i think you know just sort of like oh la life it can be you know so shallow it can you know people coming and and wanting to be other people and you know wanting to forget their past lives i mean it's just kind of like we've heard this before i you know this has been done before and it's been done in better ways you know and and i just uh so sorry sorry guys um <laughs> that's just my opinion um you know it just again just not very memorable for me i mean it's not bad i you know there's, i don't hate it there, there's got to be a way where we can get a some kind of button on here where you can like hit the virtual to rotten tomatoes button and then see it kind of like <laughs> I'd like oh, you to do that right splash now. Splash in your screen or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I'd like to do that to a couple of commenters right now because we got yeah. Tony DeMeo yeah. and Christian Dahl both agreeing that Bad Boy is probably the worst album. Oh, uh, not not oh. this one. And I love Bad Boy. And that's the oh, most oh, underrated oh, album oh, in my <laughs> I like every <laughs> song on Bad Boy except Where Did, except I, where did I Love Go? <laughs> yes, that, yeah, that's a stinker. Yeah, and I like the, I, we, well, of course, we love the song. We just don't oh, like yeah. Ringo's version of it. That's a stinker. Absolutely. I still could at least listen to it, though, anyway. Anyway, but anyway, I just had to, had to get that, that in there. All right. 
So uh, did we all do? I'm sorry. For, oh yeah, we did it. You saved me. That's right, kid. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and now we're going to skip on to the last two tracks, which are, to me, they're both very weak. And they're pretty much instrumentals. Uh, one of them is Everybody's in a Hurry But Me. Uh, it says, I read that it came about from a jam session between John and Twistle, and Twistle of the Who, Eric Clapton, Ray Cooper. Uh, I, I, so many times there's people, a whole bunch of great people together, and the result isn't what you'd expect. To me, that's kind of, it's just weak to me, you know. It's, it's, it says it's, uh, was it written by Ringo and Joe Walsh? Uh, or is it, is it just no? It was written by no. the band. It yeah, was a band. Everybody all together. Right. Yeah. yeah, everybody. Everybody got this a car. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you know, it's 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 most it's instrumental. I think there's a couple of. Doesn't Ringo say something? Is that the one he goes? Everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's but in me. a hurry, but me. <laughs> I like it better when he went. Who's your daddy? <laughs> no, no. I, I like, I like who's your daddy better than this. I really no, don't. no. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, that was really high on the creepy scale. Very high. Okay, I'm going to be the nerd here. I like this song. I, I oh, wish okay. it were longer. I, I really do. I thought it was a great jam. Um, you know, I'm not saying I wanted it to be 10 minutes or anything. Don't get me wrong. But I, I guess I just was geeking out when I heard that bass. And I'm just like, that's John Entwistle. That's him all the way. I mean, you know, that speed, you know, the speed bass, the, the screaming guitars. You know, it's just one of those things like, boy, I wish I'd been in the studio when this jam session was going on. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, and it is. It's, it, I wish it had been just a little longer. Um, and uh, you know, not not too long, but uh, I I enjoy it. I mean, it's not my favorite track on the album. I mean, it's you know, she's about it doesn't beat she's about a mover, that's for sure. But I I enjoy this. I I just think it's a fun session jam session. Okay, all right. So hmm. let's move on. Uh, anybody? Any last thoughts on these? On that? Uh... I'm not the biggest fan of uh, jams with these guys. I'm not the biggest fan of the, the All Things Must Pass jam, uh, you know, set. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the jams. You know, if I, if I ever play the Apple Jam, I'll let you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I've heard the jams here, you know, again, it's just like, you know, when we tease McCartney about working with some great artists, you know, like, you know, hey, hey, you know, and or, or angry, you know, you got these great musicians and they just want to, you know, jam out or whatever. And they just don't always, you know, it's like, you know, the Yankees when they bought all their players and they think they're going to win the World Series because they've got all these great players, but they don't really have great chemistry. And I'm not saying that these players don't have chemistry. I'm just saying I just don't end, always end up liking the final result, mm. you know. No, I understood, you know. Yeah. I can see your point. The The bottom line for me is, do I enjoy it? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're dealing with the caliber of these musicians, Joe Walsh and, and Eric Clapton and, and Ringo and who else is on here? Ant Whistle. Ant Whistle. I mean, Whistle. no matter what, probably not going to get as much as you... You're gonna expect more than what you end up getting. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing. But still, I enjoy listening to this. And you nailed it, Kit, when you said you wished this had gone on longer. I love hearing John and Twistle's bass lines. On. Isn't the best? I, I mean, I just yeah. When I heard him, I'm like God, I miss him. I mean, he just there was <laughs> nobody like him. 
I mean, this bass playing, I mean, it's so distinctive that when you hear it, you know who it is. Mm-hmm. Without yeah. even reading the credits. And it's kind of like we talked about, as, as Tom was saying, something like orchestra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you got so many great musicians all in a room. And yet I love the instrumental. There's no doubt about it. I love yeah, the performance, too. but it's like, you could do more than this. There's always going to be yeah. that feeling when you have a superstar right. like this. Yeah. I could and then one other thing. To a five minute version of everybody's in a right. hurry. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing to me is like when Ringo does the everybody's in a hurry, but me, it feels like it's just overdubbed in there. It doesn't feel like it's actually part of the jam, but that's just, you could know, be. my ears. It, it could be. It could be. And I, I don't know if we're going to be talking about the, the second instrumental, but I, I wanted to touch on something you said earlier, Ken, that, yeah, I think ending the album with two instrumentals in a row, very weird, mm. you know, track listing decision. I mean, I, yeah, that's bizarre. Very weird. I, I think, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I have nothing against instrumentals, but yeah, why would you end with two in a row? I mean, mm. it is very anticlimactic and uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, as, mm. as you said, Tom, and with She's About a Mover, you know, have mm. have have the, you know, the jam session and then She's About a Mover or something like that. I right. Mean, I was saying you could mix in these two, you know, mix right. one in, in the middle of one side and mix, you know, put the other one in the middle of the other side, you know, yeah. kind of like bury them a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the album flow a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, but I'm, you know, talking crazy because i love the first half and i really don't want that to be changed anyway so So, of course we're talking the last track we're talking about is going down which is uh yeah another instrumental largely you know largely instrumental i picked up on some zippy drumming i called it like you know in here i'll try to like find something good to say about it to save it for me it just you know it doesn't interest me none of this album really interests me you know, I'm thinking another th- thing on here really mm. is just good at, on defending Bad Boy. I think when people like put Bad Boy down, they, 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 they see the cover with just Ringo's hand with a drink and they think well, that's another one of his sil- is like lousy cocktail kind of music albums. No, it's not. It's got Who Needs a Heart on there, which is rock. It's got Hard Times on there. You know, it's got Hard on My Sleeve on there. Those three songs are all better than just about anything on here originally. <laughs> I mean, the original's on here. So, and in my opinion, it's all subjective. But right. it boggles the mind. Yeah. I mean, if anybody could really I get, listen to it again uh, and let me know if you really feel the same way. But um, we could yeah, do so another down, another we, listen. <laughs> another. <laughs> well, we we've gone through point. all the another listens. Then we'll do the uh, another another <laughs> listen. Yeah. Because we're going to get somebody listening to this in my in my comments on my channel or here even they will say, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, this guy's putting Ringo down." Well, I defend him all the time. All his mm-hmm. albums, I love his albums, and I'm the only guy ever speaking up for them. But this one is is well, well I want I'll wrap it up at the end when we finish. But going down, is there anything else to say about it? Anybody want to say anything about it? No. It's um, it's great sounding. It's you know the band is cooking on it, but it's a very predictable instrumental. Hmm. Very yeah. good summary. Yeah. <laughs> very predict. Yeah, predictable instrumental. That is a it's very good enjoyed. summary. It's really good scoring music on my radio show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's good background music. <laughs> That's interesting. You're right. That's right. It's been a while. <laughs> I, 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 nobody said, by the way, I like I love the cover of Old Wave. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ringo. And the drumsticks on the back. I love the that. drumsticks Simple. on the back. Yeah. yeah. 
That's fantastic. I like that. Yes, that is a nice you know. cover. I will say that. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I think we've really uh, done it. So uh, I think we've gone as far as we can go here <laughs> on this album. So uh, except for some final thoughts, I thought, uh, let's go around and just get some final thoughts as as we're, as we're pertains to another listen like you know then and now what you what do you think now uh ken let's start with you for this one i would say probably based on a scale of one to ten i would give this album a seven and like i said earlier you know side one is killer no doubt about it and um i still enjoy the songs on side two you know this there's so much on every ringo album every solo album you're not the only one that's defended ringo um there's so much there to enjoy and um i actually because even though i mix songs from all the way into my radio show every little thing all the time i actually listen to the album all the way through for the first time in a long time and just the sound and i don't have the remastered the sound Mm -hmm. is great it's really so well mixed and i love right yeah. So, you know, mixed so well and Joe Walsh's guitar playing. I think this is a very worthwhile effort to pick up. And if anything, like I said before, um, I think that you'll you'll feel that Ringo and Joe Walsh are a natural team together. You know, mm. joy collaborations with any of the Beatles. And I love the fact that Ringo went from writing with uh, with George Harrison to Vinnie Poncia to Joe Walsh here, then to Mark Hudson and the Roundheads and then all the people after Mark Hudson. And it makes it all interesting, you know, how these different collaborations sound and which ones work the best and which people does he work with the best as songwriters. But I have enjoyed thoroughly what he does with Joe Walsh. You know, maybe it's just his guitar playing, his style of songwriting with Ringo. I think that they are natural together. And, um, you know, I do wish they would do more than the occasional one song on an album or now EPs, (laughs) whatever. I I wish that they would, you know, do a full album together again. Mm. I'll say that about a lot of other people with Ringo, (laughs) you know, so uh, I like what Ringo's done with Richard Marks and Dave Stewart, you know, and a lot Mm. of people. Yeah. So there you go. in the contents, uh, contents, Jesus, the comments. Uh, it's getting late here, folks. Thomas <laughs> Calden says, I've never heard Ringo's Old Wave album, but it was included in a book I used to have by Jimmy Gutterman called The 50 Worst Records of All Time. I'm surprised that was in there and Ringo the Fourth wasn't, because usually, I mean, usually, usually that gets singled out. Mm. I disagree mm. with that, but uh, someone gives else, Ollie Perry gives it a seven. Okay. M. Burley gives it a B minus. Lynette gives it a solid six. Uh, what's this? I could go with a six, uh, Susan says. Uh, she's gonna sit, but she considers Old Wave a middling Ringo album. Uh, mm. I like that. Yep. Okay, uh, Kit, what do you think of generally as wrapping it up? Yeah, um, you know, I, I I really wanted to change my mind about the original opinion I had of this album all those years ago when I first heard it in the 90s. And, you know, it, it, it just wasn't there for me. Um, you know, still love She's About a Mover, just like I did the first time. I mean, that that was the highlight. But for me, yeah, I mean, this definitely, for me, ranks at the bottom. Of, of the Ringo albums just you know nothing remarkable nothing terrible 
but <laughs> but just nothing remarkable either. Band's great. Uh, I agree with you, Ken, on the sound. I think Joe Walsh did a great job on the production in that way. Um, Ringo's voice sounds terrific, particularly considering what what he was going through at the time. But you know, I just think the material wasn't strong. And but boy, would he come back in a big way nine years mm. later. And and that album, Time Takes Time, was fantastic. And so, sadly, I don't know if it's partly due to this reception of this, uh, but you know, nobody wanted to know. The time takes time, and that one was really good. Oh. Stellar, better, like well, not better, but right. just as just as good as Ringo in in many ways. I mean, I thought absolutely. I agree. Uh, okay, Tom. I had a great time revisiting this album. I just thought it was ten times better than what I remembered. And I'll be honest, I haven't listened to this album in a quite a quite a few years. Um, might even been over ten years since I've last listened to the album proper i have you know quite a few songs of of this on this album on my ipod that i you know when it comes up i i listen to but i loved revisiting this album and i don't think it's his worst album by far i i might like this album more than i like stop and smell the roses i might i know i like it more than ring of the fourth uh you know so i i think this is a great album, not a great album. I think this is a really good album. Uh, great comp, um, great uh, musicians, great co-writing with with Joe Walsh. Great production by Joe Walsh, and uh, I agree with Ken that you know I wish they would do more together. Uh, you know, got to get up, get down was not enough. Uh, let's let's get a whole <laughs> album again of of, of Ringo and, and Joe Walsh before uh, the two sail off into the sunset. But um, I, this was the whole purpose of this uh, the the series. And it for me, it's it served its purpose because uh, if it wasn't for uh, this the show, the series, I might not have given this album another chance and who knows how long. And I'm glad, Kit, that you came up with the idea for this series and uh, it worked for me. That's a good point. Yep, that's what the series is all about. Okay, now I'm forgetting. Uh, did we do everybody? I miss Ken. I don't remember. Nope, just, <laughs> just, just you. Just me. Yep. I, I, just I Billy Preston. Forgotten <laughs> Billy Preston. Well, for me, my final thoughts. Um, I, I still find it a pretty mediocre album. One of Ringo's worst albums. Near the bottom. Uh, I used to have a dead last. I'm not sure because I said when I said side one is better than side two. It wasn't saying much. Uh, I, I, the, the main thing I say is that I love uh, She's About a Mover. I've said that before. I think it's one of the, the most great tracks he ever recorded uh, is on this album. But mm. other than that, there's nothing to me, anything near as good on here. But I, I like as far as we can go better than I did. That's what I, I got out of this time. I think I like as far as we can go better than I had before. Uh, and I and Hopeless, really, I like. The other ones, you know. It's just not, not to me, not, nothing really remarkable on here, you know, is really what it comes down to, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and it mystifies me because, you know, as it does with a lot of times when we have opinions that aren't shared, it, it's getting a, a, a lot of better acclaim now that it, from, I, from where I'm coming across from fans. A lot yes. of people say, Old Wave is, is pretty good. And that's a good thing. You know, I'm glad they like it. I, I just mystifies me, from my opinion. I'm like, wow, they really do, huh? What am I missing? You know, um, me too. you know, but I don't know. 
you know, we have fun, I guess, as fans saying when people ask us, what is the bottom album? If you're going to list the top top tier, middle tier, lower tier, what's the bottom? I'm like, I have to think about that a little bit. For me, is it still Old Wave? I have a couple of other ones, maybe. But Old Wave or Postcards from Paradise or maybe oh, people are gonna, he's gonna throw tomatoes at me, tomatoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe Choose Love. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, something's got to go on the bottom tier, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, it still may be this for me. But, uh, you know, we, you always say something's got to go on the bottom. But my point yeah. is, even the ones at the bottom have really good material on it. That's worth checking. Out. Right. That's exactly. A waste of time. Yeah, everything, everyone. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I got to think about that with Ringo. Oh, this one, it's near the bottom and I have, it has a couple of things, but I don't think everything on the Beatles solo albums goes from good to great at all. That's my opinion of that. I feel that way. There's a few (laughs) select songs that I, that I think are flunkers, but most of the Beatles solo music is at the very least good. Uh, Okay, folks, you heard it there. So now at this point, this is where we turn it over to Kit to let us know uh, where we can be found if you want to reach us and stuff like that. Okay, well, uh, well, first of all, I feel like it's a good time to say thank you for uh, uh, tuning in and for supporting us and for the news tips. So many of the news tips uh, that Ken read tonight mm-hmm. came from you guys. So thank you so much and, and keep them coming. You know, we really, this is such an interactive show and that really demonstrates just how interactive it is so thank you so much uh you know for your support um you can find us on facebook you can find us on our website talkmoretalk.com you can find us of course right here on this channel uh and please subscribe uh please give us likes that helps us uh you know get more visibility uh on youtube so we really appreciate it um you can also follow us on twitter uh, at talkmoretalk1, the number one, and you can reach us via email at talkmoresolotalk uh, at gmail.com. Please send us your news, send us uh, any ideas you might have for future shows um, and uh, and your feedback. Uh, you know, we, we love to hear from you guys. Uh, and you can uh, hear us on virtually any uh podcasting platform you can think of uh we're we're pretty much everywhere and you can hear us uh thanks to beetle ed on fab4radio.com and he also carries many of our individual shows so uh so please check us out there as well so i think that's everywhere you can find uh find our show all right thanks kit i Mm -hmm. I wanted to say here this reminds me too a couple of people said like uh Christian said, do Pipes of Peace next, which we've, we've done that one in the series, right? Yes. And someone said somewhere in England. I don't know if that was a suggestion, but we didn't we do somewhere in England as well? I think we did, didn't we? Because, so. you know, sure. with different think... shows, I wonder what the, what show am I thinking? Yeah, about? we're I'm over sure. 100 we... now, so it's kind of like, what, do, so, we do, the, do we do that? Yeah, <laughs> so we did them, but, but that's a good time for me to mention. You know, older shows, we like you to watch older shows as well, yes. because YouTube has done something different here. Mm-hmm. When you go onto our channel, if you ever want to say, well, let me look at the menu, so to speak, and see what they've got here, videos I might want to watch, old old shows. If you Usually people just go as the default to videos. 
But now because of the change, since we do a live show, you have to hit live. So anyway, check both of them out. Check out videos and then hit live. Like this show here was done live, so you won't find it in videos six months from now. Under live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Under live. Yep, check good both. Point. You know, yes, check important. videos and live. You're right. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Joe. So, um, uh, let's see now, as far as what we're, we're doing now, uh, what's going on now and in the future for me, uh, just, uh, go to my channel, please. If you'd like to subscribe over to me, Mr. Mayo and, uh, there's I, just basic stuff I've been doing lately. I can't think of record store, uh, videos about hanging out there with the characters. It's like a sitcom over there, a reality <laughs> show of a lot of characters over there. And also, I, you know, I got all kinds of stuff about the, the Beatles as well, you know, new stuff. And, uh, there's a lot of revolver stuff out there if you haven't you had enough of that yet. All right, so check out my channel. Okay, uh, let's go. Uh, uh, let's, Kit, you 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 gave us the information, but did you tell us all about your uh, projects you have coming? Yes. Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, I'm going to make this as brief as I can because I've got a lot going on right now. But uh, <laughs> first off, uh, I am co-hosting a brand new podcast uh, along with uh, good friends of our show, uh, Ed Chen and Martin Quibble. Uh, we are hosting a show called uh, Toppermost of the Poppermost. And it's, uh, it's a show that looks at the Beatles in a different way. We're looking at not only the Beatles songs, but the songs that were on the charts at the same time that they were. And we're going to go month by month. So, uh, for example, you know, we're starting with October 1962, because that's when Love Me Do first appeared on the charts. So we'll talk about that, but we're also going to look at it in terms of other artists and songs that were on the British and U.S. charts, mm. um, but artists and songs that relate to the Beatles, because we obviously can't talk about every single song uh, on, on the charts at the time. So these will be artists that uh, artists that had either a direct connection to the Beatles or may have influenced them in, in various ways. Maybe the Beatles covered them you know, or it's Motown that obviously had a great influence on them, something along those lines. Mm. So we're going to take a different month each episode and uh, and talk about, you know, whatever Beatles single was on the chart at that time and then select uh, certain songs and artists that we'll talk about that were also on the, the British and U.S. charts at that time. So if you want to check out the trailer, um, you can go to our Facebook page uh, and join the group. Uh, it's Toppermost of the Poppermost on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, and we have uh, the trailer uh, link to that on Podbean right there. And uh, you'll get uh, a sneak preview of what we'll be doing. And the first episode should be up pretty soon. Uh, so uh, so do, uh, if you sign up for our page, you'll get uh, notified of when new episodes are going up. Very excited about it. I think this is gonna be a fun, fun time and just a different way of, of uh, approaching the Beatles music. So really looking forward to, you know, let us know what you think. Uh, Congratulations, because, you know, one show isn't is never enough. No, I I know I needed to follow you guys. You know, I decided I was slacking off. You know, you guys love shows. 
<laughs> you would have said yes to FabGab, maybe? Is it right? Yeah, well, yes. Well, I'm still going to do FabGab. I'm not going to ask her. She's got too much. No, no, no. I'll still do FabGab, of course. No, no, no. I I will still do guest appearances. No, no, no. no yes, I mean, as a regular. One time I was thinking of you as, as a permanent co-host at one point. So, well, that's, thought, oh, that's a lot. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but uh, oh, no. I will, I will still, you know. No, no. I will still be available. And this one, it's, you know, it's not like every week. So that's why I agreed right, to right. do it. If it had been every week, we would have had a problem. But uh, but yeah, this is this is doable. This yeah, is gotcha. doable. So uh, so that's going on. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet, um, my and in, in you're listening or watching this in time. My um, rock and roll part two class starts this Thursday, December first. Uh, so if you haven't signed up, you might want to get on that and uh, do that. Um, so the deadline. Uh, as I said, for signing up is this Thursday. The information is on the Talk More Talk page as well as my page. Uh, also be on the lookout. I did an interview with Joe Johnson, who is the host of Beetle Brunch. Uh, we do this every year. It's the uh, my Beatles gift list, which will also be coming up soon. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking about, you know, the best releases of the year. And we had a really fun discussion about other Beatles related things this year. And join me and Ken Womack on December 6th for Tuesday Night Record Club at Monmouth University. This is online. Uh, and I'll have links to that on, on the, our pages as well where we're going to be talking about Aretha Franklin's 1972 album, Young, Gifted, and Black. Really looking forward mm. to it. It's got great songs on it, uh, like uh, Daydreaming, Rocksteady, mm. just, just an incredible album. So I uh, so hope you'll join us for that. It is absolutely free. So, uh, so come spend an evening with us and listen to some great music. Okay. Tom, what's going on? Well, uh, you know, busy as always. Uh, last two weeks have been busy, especially with the announcement of the, the singles box set. So we had a great time talking about that uh, between Annie and I. And then we, we had another show with uh, our buddy here, me and Mr. Mayo, and then another friend in the UK called uh, Beatley Tone, uh, who's got a channel called Beatley Tone's Beatle Channel, which is, is which is really really good show as well and um let's see here two weeks ago or oh, 10 weeks ago or 10 weeks ago 10 days weeks. ago we had uh mark uh, eastern chip manninger the authors of the the wonderful eight arms to hold you and uh that's where uh chip spilled the beans and and said that we're you know expecting um this uh ringo 50th anniversary uh set so hopefully hopefully that that happens and uh check us out over there Yesterday, uh, we had an amazing two hours with uh, the authors of the upcoming uh, McCartney Legacy book, and that is Alan Cozen and Adrian Sinclair. And you can find that uh, episode coming December 10th. So really looking forward to that. And we have we put up yesterday, we put up a very, very funny little trailer, a little minute trailer uh, for that and uh, dealing with uh, a former band of Denny Lane's prior to uh, prior to uh, jumping on the uh, the uh, McCartney bandwagon. So uh, check that out. A lot of fun. This this book I cannot speak highly enough of. Uh, coming out December thirteenth. If you haven't pre-ordered it, please do. It's going to be well worth your time. And uh, just such an amazing. This is for me now the gold standard in McCartney uh, reading. Uh, it's a very it's a Lewison style uh, book in my opinion. It tells a great story from 1969 to 1973. Check it out. If you want to email us, please uh, email us at two legs podcast 
uh, um, at uh, gmail.com. And uh, yeah, check out our YouTube channel. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm done. <laughs> so that's soon? all, folks. Yeah, that's it. I'm okay, talked out. Ken, you're up, Ken. Yeah. You can get dizzy trying to follow everybody here. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not me. <laughs> I don't have that much stuff going on. First of all, my YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, as I said earlier, I just did an interview with Joe Thomas. Joe is the producer of oh. right here, Ringo Starr and his all-star band, live at the Greek Theater 2019. We talk a lot about the audio and the video and all the work that got put into that. I can't recommend this highly enough, you know. Mm. Complete concert. That alone, those two words, <laughs> right. be enough. You get the, to to see and hear everything that goes into it. And, and every all-star band is a killer lineup. And certainly that is the case. You really get to see, if you never witnessed this tour, how, how much these guys enjoy performing on stage together. But um, do check out the interview that I did with Joe Thomas, Ken Michaels Radio, and please subscribe to my channel. My other podcast show, Things We Said Today, we just finished doing two shows on Revolver. One on the outtakes, the other on the remix. And tomorrow we're recording a show um, as a tribute to George. There's never been a really good George Harrison compilation. Mm. So we put together our own list, a two CD of what we would want. And there's no rules. Oh, cool. If you want it to be all obscure tracks, it can be that. If you want it to be part hits, part album cuts, and deep tracks, you know, it's whatever we feel like putting on there. So we're recording that tomorrow uh, as a tribute to George. Also on my website, since I just mentioned this, this is a new prize on the website. You can win the double CD now. I just had a special contest where you can win the double CD Blu-ray combo. And that just ended uh, today, as a matter of fact. Winners will be announced tomorrow. I will have four winners of the double wow. CD Blu-ray. Uh, and that'll be I start changing my name and doing that and using another name. <laughs> That's what I, like I was thinking. One. Can I enter as like you know, know Kip, your Kip or something? No, cat like <laughs> your uh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> also, I just want to mention that uh, the last few weeks I've been appearing on a few other podcast shows. One of which is Ed Rising show called Popomatic, and. Um, Actually, both shows that I'm on, we do a lot of talking about my love of radio and how I got brought up on it and um, my love of the charts following how well singles and albums do. And of course, talking about the Beatles as well. Um, if you want to catch the show with Ed, it's at podomatic.com. And then I was on Call Me Mr. Broadstreet, another podcast show that Ed Crawford uh, hosts. Again, a lot of talk about radio. Um, actually, on Ed's show, we talk a lot about the Partridge family. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> because he, he loves the Partridge family, too, and I'm a big lover of pop music, and we talk about why. So um, if you're a Partridge family fan, as well as a Beatle fan, you'll love that particular show. There you go. There you Perfect. These guys are always ready, no matter what, <laughs> on a dime. Uh, so yeah, if you can check out uh, Call Me Mr. Broadstreet, he has his own YouTube channel, and I'm on uh, should be I think the next the most recent one. All right, and if you can, if you want to email me, you can always write to me at everylittlething at att.net.
Hmm. All right. That's it. I, I can't think of a zippy ending for this. I already used as far as we can go already. I think we've gone as far as we could go with the show. So I'll use it again. Uh, so anyway, for uh, 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 Kiddo Tool, Tom Agnati, uh, uh, Ken Michael, that uh, uh, Lily, uh, Grandpa, uh, uh, Eddie. Uh, this is me, Mr. Mayo, saying, uh, Oogie Mao Yao, Oogie Mao Mao. It's not hopeless. <laughs> Talk, more talk, shout, more talk. <laughs> talk.